All right. I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to enter the sting zone with the Japanese giant hornet. One, two, two, three, here we go. Four, five, three. Oh, oh. <laughs> Absolute here we go. Don't know why I did that. Wasn't a good idea. How bad is it? Oh man, wave of dizziness really quick. Ah! Oh! oh! Searing pain! Why? Absolute searing pain! There's where the steering went in right there. Did you not see how slow this thing was? What was oh! the purpose of that? Really? Ah! Oh my god! Oh Lord. Man, oh man, oh man. In the lowland forests of Asia, there's an insect with a frightening reputation. Yep. The biggest wasp on the planet. Yes, the sir. giant hornet. Sex tripping. Where you from? About as big as a matchbox. And one of the most venomous insects in the world. This massive hornet can kill with its sting. Hey, hey, this is the Bagland Podcast. What's going on? See, y'all thought you was gonna, gonna get one episode tonight. You're actually gonna get two. I've been promising this for a while. Be quiet. Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is Bagland DP, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. If it's not about that, I don't want to hear it. Promoting these black-owned businesses, the www. The, uh, I'm sorry, www.thenaturaljourneyforlife.com. Get your health, your smoothies, and your recipes. Green Royal videos. Brother does great animation. Excellent video animation for your products and services. If you need to get down with him, hit me up on beingblackandrt.com. Go to www.catwalkfierce.com for your makeup. Makes sense to go to a black-owned business once all this stuff opens back up. Go to www.accelerateclasses.com. They got Excel, Python, Data Science, SQL, R, R, Coding, HTML, CSS boot camps for the dirt. Good sister out of Atlanta. Go to CCIEby30.com. This is your resource for networking, especially Cisco, to get in the game. Go to www.onpointarmsllc.com to get your firearms because you going to need them. Go to www.strongarmllc.com to get your local firearm training here in the state of Minnesota. Go to www.itmasterkey.com. This brother is certified in every certification you could possibly think of. CompTIA, Security Plus, Network Plus, A Plus. Go to bbombbookclub.com to get signed up for this black-owned book club business. Go to www.iwantamask.com. I bought some masks for myself. They have excellent masks. 
Go to www.dirkswipes.com to get your disinfectant wipes. That's D-E-R-X wipes.com. Also follow them on D-E-R-X 2021 on the gram. If you want to, you could go to teespring.com forward slash shop forward slash bagland to get your phone cases and your coffee cups. If you want to, makes no difference to me. Very, very special thing tonight. We had to bring that old cash money back. Trying to think of some other businesses that I could promote while we going. Let me think here. I can't think of too much right now. Man, to just let this ride for a while. Old school cash money. Tonight is the night that we ride. You know, it's been a while. I've been wanting to cover more important things, but I really, really wanted to do this episode because. I had promised everybody this for quite a while. And what I thought was really, really interesting is I was able to kind of bring my entomology intelligence to the game since the mainstream megalomaniacal mainstream media is out here pushing a false narrative like it's going to be some gigantic alien insect invertebrate invasion going on. So I said, let me go ahead and reach out to some people that I know that's a whole lot smarter than I am and see what they got to say on the matter so we can see if we could come to common ground on the matter and find out some viable information as I said here on the Bagland podcast oh one thing the hell kind of music is that I don't know what that was that must have been some kind of little goofy little ad or something I didn't expect that I got this off of some YouTube thing everybody come around the fireplace tonight we have some very interesting information now we're going to talk about the hood hit of hornets. They call them the murder hornets. I call them the set tripping murder hornets. Now, I got some entomology background here myself. So you might have some, well, how you know all that? How you know that? I was born into it like a sponge. Once I picked up a book, I was out. When I was a child, when I picked up a book, I was just out. I could be sitting there for hours. Something I need to get back into. Now, teachers were sending me to gifted programs and things like that when I was younger. And I had teachers even refusing to accept my work because they said there is no way that I could have all this info in my head. So I started writing a report right in front of them. And when I started writing revolutionary shit, they got scared and told me to calm down. It's typical classroom antics for black kids. Well, I did some reading, which the Popeyes people may not have. I studied. I was the one kid that, you know, I was the one where kids came to for asking questions. I captured insects and I documented them. I got bit a few times, 
rode my bike to the library at 10 years old or so and filled my mind. I asked questions and I asked more. I was the only kid in class, especially black, that knew a dragonfly can reach speeds of 55 miles per hour and not tire. And, you know, of course, they used to tell me, well, you trying to be all intelligent. Seems like I learned more before high school creative-wise, and I'm sitting up in 10th grade like, damn, I ain't learning shit. So I got my headphones on. I'm listening to See Murder, Life, or Death. I'm about to pull a kid down. Everybody got to go. Rest in peace, sweet James Jones. I got the all, I got the all, I, I got the uh, you all intelligent people until I was in maybe my mid-20s or a little later. And then niggas started wanting to be all intelligent. See, remember black kids in our day would often debate on what they got or don't have, not what they know. We spend tons of time on non-constructive talk. Popeyes, housewives, non-tangible, non-measurable, not intellectual things. So when you start doing just the opposite, Negroes get offended and say you're trying to talk to them like they dumb. And usually they are. I rarely seen the white kids in my class talk about whose shoes was this and that. I tried to tell a white guy in high school that it ain't worth paying a band for a laptop. And he said, what's more important, those Jordans or this laptop? He knew I didn't get it. Anyways, I'll digress. Now, for some people that don't know the difference between a bee and a wasp, I always used to hear niggas say, man, oh, look at them bees. No, Negro, that's called a wasp. Bees died when they sting you, and they often mind their business. Their business, not business. Bees do business, not business. It is hornets that was flying around cub foods because idiots was out there dropping pop cans. And yes, I had to run away from them while pushing carts in the 10th or 11th grade. That was me. Until I find out that if you stand around and you don't swat at them, they'll eventually leave. So I've never been stung by a bee nor a wasp. I did enjoy seeing people get nailed for going out of their way to harass them. Spared the sting, spoiled the imbecile. Yeah, you know those yellow insects that you follow when you got bright colors. Bees don't do that, usually. Those are called wasps. When wasps sting you, they don't have barbed stingers. When a bee sting you, when a bee stings you, it will often die. It's going down. It's, it's willing to give all that it has. Now, when the wasp, on the other hand, will nail your ass a few times, it wants all the smoke. Bees just want to go about their business. Bees don't run up on you and get real curious. Usually they don't. You've never seen a bumblebee just flat out attack you. If so, name it. Name the time and the place. And also name what you did to it. Bees have a code and they stick to it. Wasp, well, they do too, but a little more rogue. They hunt and gather. Bees just gather and defend. And as you will find out, wasps pull their King Leopold move. They attack invaders, shall we? Remind you of somebody, anyway. Now, the giant hornet Vespa mandarinia, including the former subspecies known as the Japanese giant hornet, called VM japonica, is the world's largest hornet. It is native to temperate and tropical East Asia, South Asia, mainland Southeast Asia, parts of the Russian Far East, and has recently been found in the Pacific Northwest. They prefer to live in low mountains and forests while almost completely avoiding plains and high altitude climates. Vespa mandarinia, 
Mandarinia creates nests by digging, co-opting pre-existing tunnels dug by rodents, or occupying spaces near rotted pine roots. Now it feeds primarily on larger insects, colonies of the EU social insects, or EU social, I think that's how you say it, uh, tree sap and honey from honeybee colonies. Now the hornet has a body length of 45 millimeters, which is about 1.8 inches, a wingspan about three inches, and a stinger about maybe a quarter inch long, which injects a large amount of potent venom. Now the giant hornet, Vespa mandarinia, the giant, the, the Japanese giant hornet, formerly known as Vespa mandarinia japonica, is a color form of the world's largest hornet, the Asian giant hornet. Though formerly considered a subspecies, it has been treated as a, a synonym of the subspecies VM mandarinia since 1997 questions you know I got tons of them okay now these questions originally I had before I started writing down questions when I reached out to my man over here now the first set of questions that I had just for me what do the people that live around them do we tend to have a lack of respect to the life forms environment around us. And we do not know where they come from. Who brought them here? Why? How did they get here? How many nests, nests have been attacked? How many people have ever been attacked? How many people killed? How are they responding to being on North American grounds? What is their colony cycle? Is there other things they eat that could cause issue? And what's the difference in their attacks on bees now than before? Has this always happened and why is it significant now? You notice that I stay in the question mode. It's always here with black people ask too many questions. We don't ask enough. I'm asking tons of questions. Questions. Tons if not thousands of questions. Don't add no questions. Oh well, you don't need to know all that. Why not? Who told you that? Another question. See, scientists and scholars, they ask these questions. And I contacted the doctor that was handling this, and I sent him an email of the following. I said, good evening, Dr. Looney. I read your Vespa Mandarinia in the, in the Pacific Northwest paper with the team in great regard as well as the New York Times article as well. I wanted to give you a call and have a conversation about the wasp. I had an interest in being an entomologist as a child, but eventually settling into information technology, and occasionally I ordered praying mantises from Washington. My African mantis passed after a nine-month joy. Perhaps we can have a talk about the hornets. I was actually going to do an episode on my podcast as my friends had questions about them. If you not if you cannot talk on the phone and I ask if we can record it, perhaps you can email me a response following questions and I could base some of my own research off of that. Now, these are the questions that I asked them. They could fly they could fly twenty five miles per hour, but that still was not fast enough to move from Russia or Japan to Canada. They are too large for someone in a plane to notice. Could the wasp act as stowaways on the ship? 
Then I asked other questions. How do you determine the traps and where to place them and why there? The New York Times mentioned using RFID tags to track a hornet. How do you attach it without getting stung and also without hurting the hornet lets it fly away? Then I asked another question. How was the data of the RFID tag measured and how can that data be aggregated and used to tell us what? Is there an antidote for the mandarotoxin and how long do you have to live to get help? And then I said, I noticed something about approaching them. The WSDA said, do not approach. How close would you need to be for the wasps to notice you? If a child or someone who does not know much about them, what is the best way they can get away if one does approach you? What are their typical behaviors towards people being that it is just one by you. How many documented cases of beehives have been destroyed and what immediate danger has that caused? What is the potential damage in Washington state and nationally? What is the short term and long term damage and what measures? I know you are a busy man and with much to do. I want to be respectful of your time. Sincerely, Bagland DP. Now here's the answers to my questions. Now, he said, we relied, now when I asked you, how do you determine the traps and where to place them and uh, place them and why there, we relied on suggestions and proven techniques used in Korea and Japan for our trap design. These traps are constructed from easily available materials and ingredients, so they also lend themselves to volunteer efforts, which is an important opportunity, which is an important important opportunity to increase our trap coverage beyond what we can find ourselves for the traps we are placing geographically speaking we are concentrating on the area around the confirmed specimens and one suspicious beehive kill all in the northwest corner of Watcom County that plan is based on the usual and maximum foraging distance of workers now one limitation that we wish we didn't face is incomplete knowledge of the dispersal distance and the activities of the queens in the fall. We just don't know if they stick around the general area or haul abdomen across the landscape. In terms of individual trap placement, the advice we have is ideally nearly nine feet up in a tree or other structure that will allow good airflow. So like not in the middle of the forest. Now, the New York Times mentioned using RFID tags to track a hornet. How do you attack it without getting stung? Then I start asking him the RFID questions. His response was, we still aren't sure if we will use RFID tags or any other radio type tracking technique. There are very small tags, they are very small tags designed for songbirds that have been somewhat successful tracking a different invasive hornet in Europe. Our concern here is that since this species nests in the ground, we could lose the signal as they get into the underbrush and go into their nest. Since the radio trackers are expensive, this could turn out to be an untenable solution. In terms of the hornets, they are big and strong. The tiny tags could just be glued onto their entugament, which is thick, or tied around their body and off they go. To get the tags on, if we go that route, we would sedate them with a little CO2. This knocks them out so they can be safely handled. 
If some of the radio tag experiments aren't encouraging, we can also increase trap density near in, near any positive trap catches and follow a density gradient of workers back to the likely area of a nest. We then use our thermal imaging cameras to try to locate nests which have a temperature of about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. I asked him, is there an antidote for the mandarin toxin and how long do you have to live to get help? Here's your response. I have no idea about an antitoxin in terms of when to seek medical help. This insect is pretty similar to other stinging high mineral, high, how do you say that word? High mineral If you start to go into ana, anaphylactic shock, you may get help immediately by calling 911. If you are stung only a few times, it will hurt, but it is unlikely to be life threatening. Use ice to keep venom from spreading far and take it easy. If you're stung many times, definitely more than 10, you should probably seek medical attention. The size of these insects deliver more venom per sting, and there are some pretty unpleasant aspects of the toxin, like cytolytic characteristics. The Washington Department of Health has just about finished a sting flowchart that outlines these steps to take, and it will be posted on several state websites soon. However, some really, really important things to remember are there is no evidence, yet these insects would be anywhere outside of the west of the northern WATCOM area. Zero. Nada. And even if they were to become established, it is unlikely that most people will find themselves in a mass thing situation. So the megalomaniacal masochistic mainstream media that's trying to push this invasion garbage. Well, the Bagland podcast has got the receipts. He said, even if they were to become established, it is unlikely that most people will find themselves in a mass, a mass stinging situation. They really only do that if they are protecting their ret, their nest. And sometimes when protecting a hive, they are attacking. While the human health thing is no joke, people do die every year in countries where the species is endemic. It is still very low on the list of risks we face every day. So this whole little, well, you know, they're going to murder us all and all this garbage that they try to try to promote. Not true. All right, now, I said, I noticed something about approaching them. The WSDA said, do not approach. How close would you need to be for the wasp to notice you? And I asked some questions about that. So here's his response on that. We recommend people don't approach them because that is the safest thing to do. And as a state agency, we can't be telling people to run up on some hornets and see what happens. That said, the hornets seem to become alert to large objects like bears and humans, maybe from at least a few meters, maybe even further. If you are just out in the woods and they're foraging, they don't care. I've been right by one in a Taiwan forest once and they just ignored me. Now, if you happen to be near a nest and they aren't attacking, you just walk away. Even if one seems to take an interest, again, just walk away. If you start being stung, the expert advice is to run, but run through brush and forest because this will help break up their search image. Running across an open field might make it harder to elude them if they get worked up. They can fly very fast and pretty far. But again, this is only likely to be a worry in very rare situations. And if we are fortunate, won't be a concern for people in our state at all. 
Then I asked about the documented cases of beehives that have been destroyed and what immediate damage has it caused. None in Washington. We have a few possible cases in Whatcom County, and there are some things that are just as likely to kill a hive, so we can't be sure. I asked about the potential damage. I asked about the short-term and long-term damage and what measures. Both of these questions are pretty hard to answer, was his response, especially with any detail. I will tell you my two biggest personal worries. A, we will end up with another pest that beekeepers have to deal with, which could increase management costs. This could potentially make smaller beekeepers and hobbyists just not bother, especially since we have varroa, uh, varroa, varroa, uh, varroa mite and other bee, bee pests. So these mites are a bigger deal than these murder hornets. However, it's important to notice that beekeeping, even using Apis mellifera, hasn't gone away in countries where V. mandarinia, which is the hornet, is common. So it's also, uh, it's also likely that we would simply adapt to dealing with this species through technology or plain old work. Now B, the ecosystem implications are unknown. I'm, con I'm concerned that if this species were to be established, it could impact the populations of some of our native, native species, including competition with or predation on other social hymenal uh, terror. But the real answer is that we just don't know. And our goal is to prevent the hornets from establishing so we don't have to worry. I hope that these are helpful and sorry to decline appearing. I'd really like to listen to one of your episodes about this. So let me know when you post that would be ideal. Thanks for helping spread the word about this and also helping uh, take down some of the anxiety. Uh, take down some of that anxiety. Best regards. See, the thing about the Bagland podcast here is I investigate. I ask questions. I don't get what a muffled vacuum cleaner mouth. I don't get on the phone or email and get to asking questions, you know, that that are retarded. I get to asking constructive questions. Now, he could have just said yes or no. I was obliged to even have a response. Now, why would I ask about hornets where I live, being that we live in Minnesota? Well, if they're in Canada, why couldn't they be here? Well, that ain't possible. Can't no hornets live in that kind of cold, cold says the earth people. Now, Canada, parts of it is colder than Minnesota, and Minnesota ain't too much warmer than Alaska, according to the evidence. You see? So... That's just something to think about. That's that's something to kind of think about. But I think for the most part, we're good. Now, from what I've seen here, let me see what other research that I've developed. Come around the fireplace. Now the venom, looking at a scholarly article, the venom contains a neurotoxin called mandarotoxin, a single chain polypeptide with a molecular, with a molecular, a molecular weight. Oh, just give me a second here. For some reason, 
me go back up. I think I got some images that's slowing this down. So if I erase this real quick, just give me a word here. Give me a minute. Let me try to erase it. Looking at a picture of Japan where they're supposed to originate. All right, let's see if this works a little better. See, a lot of times when you're using, when you're using Google and you're doing like a video presentation, it likes to slow things down. Yeah, it likes to slow things down really bad. Let me try to close all this stuff and see if it's if that works a little better. Yeah, come around the fireplace. Here we go. You know what? I think I know what I'm going to do. Let's export this. We'll download this here as a PDF. And what we'll do is we'll eliminate all of that. It, it's something about Google. I got a very fast internet, so I don't know what the hell it's doing. I don't know why. But I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, we're going to eliminate that right away here. Yep. So, getting back to it, the venom contains a neurotoxin called mandarotoxin, which is a single-chain polypeptide with a molecular weight around 20 KD. I'm not familiar with KD. They call it a keto-dalton. Yep. So a Dalton or a unified atomic mass unit is a unit of mass widely used in physics and chemistry. It is defined as one and a half of the mass of an unbound, of an unbound neutral atom of carbon 12. So it was named after John Dalton, who was a English chemist, physicist, and meteorologist of the 17 to 1800s. Okay, there we go. You learned something new today, huh? So, let's get back to that. We got our definition. While a single wasp cannot inject a lethal dose, it can be lethal even to people who are not allergic if the dose is sufficient, i.e. if multiple stings are received. However, if the victim is allergic to the venom, this greatly increases the risk of death. Now, this was an abstract done by Abe T. Kawai N. and Naiwa A. They said purification and properties of the presynaptically acting neurotoxin, mandarotoxin from the hornet, 
It says a hornet neurotoxin, man neurotoxin, was purified by simple procedures with column chromatography made on Cephidex G50 and CM Cephidex by using an acetate buffer. The molecular weight of homogeneous MDTX was calculated to be approximately 20,000 by gel filtration. So basically what they did is they, text, they, they tested the hell out of this toxin. It says since 2001, the yearly human death toll caused by stings of bees, wasps, and hornets in Japan has been ranging between 12 to 26. Census number also includes deaths caused by wasps, bees, and other hornet species. The number of deaths caused by aging giant hornets is likely significantly, significantly lower. Advice in China is that people stung more than 10 times need medical help and need emergency treatment for more than 30 stings. Now, the stings can cause kidney failure, they say. In 2013, stings by the Asian giant hornets killed 41 people. Now, hornets do not counterattack when they are in the bee hunting phase or the hive attack phase, which is the slaughter phase. When they out there set tripping, they get aggressive. But they aggressively guard a beehive once they kill the defenders and occupiers. Now, they said that some of them injured more than 1,600 people in Shanich, China. So they out there sex tripping. They tripping on the bees, not you. They are with everything, but they ain't got the energy for nothing but the gold. Unless you really want to smoke, according to who? The experts, not me. And, you know, I've seen a few videos where a guy called Just Joshing... He had got some forensic evidence cabinets from the government, top grade stuff, so he could observe his wasp. Now, he tests, underline that word, he tests their behavior. He actually gets in these damn cabinets with the wasp. And this dude has a wasp farm. Now, this may seem like some old goofy YouTube stuff. I want everybody to understand what this is. Now, imagine the government or others, such as contractors, behind the scenes asking questions. Research, what can we do with the venom? How can we use these things? What can they do with this? What can they what what can't they do? Thousands, if not tens of thousands of questions. They're not dancing on the Popeye's chicken table. They ain't at the beach protesting for ice cream. And this guy captured a queen yellow jacket and actually built a closet for the wasp to be in his house. Well, how do we do all that? I'm trying to get y'all to see how this stuff works. Now, this guy, he saved an owl, a crow. It's a pretty dope content. I'm going to put some respect to his name. Well worth a look. And anybody that can do what they love and especially monetize doing it, that's pretty pretty cool. So I'm a fan of the content and the videos and the concepts. You know, he snuck an owl in the PetSmart to snack on some free, free crickets. So I thought that shit was kind of funny. Now, looking at something else here, I'm looking at the website of agr.wa.gov and this is talking about the invasive hornets so they're talking about in bellingham washington on june 6th saturday somebody seen the insect on their porch and then they talked about they found it in a custer with washington on may 27. so it's showing pictures on what the hornets look like. And they don't they do not look like paper wasp or bald faced hornets or yellow jackets or the elm sawfly. 
Now the elm saw fly, it, it could be as large as a giant um, Asian hornet. They have a black face and yellow stripes, but they lack a stinger. So you might mistake an elm saw fly, but it looks different. And I thought that was very interesting. I think I done clicked out of it. Hold on, let me open my PDF again. Let's look at my, open my PDF. Now here it says, now without us bees that are global, bees are global and without them, we have some very, very serious repercussions. Now there's an article and it's 48 pages. So I'm definitely not going to read all of it, but greenpeace.org wrote a report as a review of factors that put pollinators and agriculture in Europe at risk. Now the green, this is the green research laboratories, technical report, which was developed on January, 2013. So it talks about the importance of bees and pollinators. The situation with pollinators, the main factors affecting the population of the bees health, insecticides. That's something that black folks may want to think about raising bees. You know, up to 75% of our crops would suffer if there was a decrease in productivity from the bees. Now it says three important concerns regarding the global health of pollinators can be identified. Currently, there are no accurate data available to reach firm conclusions on the status of global pollinators in terms of their abundance and diversity. Now the other concern is as demand for pollinators both locally and regionally increases faster than the supply, we could be facing limitation of pollinization currently and in the near future. This is because the growth in cultivation of high value pollination dependent crops is outpacing growth in the global stock of managed honeybees while wild pollinator abundance and diversity is also constrained. The third point is honeybee population abundance is very uneven among agricultural regions. There is growth in some honey producing countries, but decline elsewhere, including regions with high agricultural production in the U S and in the UK and many other Western European countries. They talked about insecticides, which have psychophysiological effects which occur at the multiple at multiple levels and have been measured in terms of development rate time required to reach adulthood and malformation rates, preturbination of the foraging pattern, interference for feeding behavior, impacts of neurotoxic pesticides on learning processes. So these are things that affect the bees. This ain't no bullshit I'm talking about y'all. Without the bees, we could potentially die. This has to do, and then they start naming all these different insecticides that they got. This is a very, very important report. The importance of bees and other pollinators for agriculture and ecosystem conservation. It's a hell of a report. And actually, when you really think about it, when you think about getting on cold, bees are the epitome of cold. They do what works. So I just thought that was a very interesting article. Y'all should go check that out. Y'all should definitely go check that out. 
Well, I'm going to leave on this note. Y'all got the special as promised. I like to talk about politics, tech, and tangibles. And one technical uh, application that I think would be pretty dope, especially now that we're in the COVID-19, is the Screencast Matic. And basically what that is, is it allows you to basically record your screen. And for like five bucks a month, you can get all the bells and the whistles of an advanced, um, uh, all these advanced features. I think that would be pretty dope. So, you know, hopefully everybody likes this. It's a little out of the ordinary. You're probably never going to find anything like the podcast that we do with all the variety of things that I talk about. Um, I recommend anybody that's interested in going into the information technology field to go to beingblackandit.com. Go ahead and get you a book, which is on Amazon. And go to www.dirkswipes.com for your disinfectant wipes. Shipping from St. Paul, Minnesota. So that's www.derxwipes.com. We got some good products on there. Uh, the brothers can ship you out some good disinfectant wipes, especially with a lot of this stuff going on right now. You get a nice little amount. All right, well, y'all go ahead and follow me on the Bagland Podcast on the gram. Y'all have a good night. Thank you.